Alrighty, another week, Creedcast fam, Port fam out there. Listening, it's another week we're starting with no winning song, no happy vibes, just uh, disappointment and questions, and a feeling of uh, really impending, like a lot, like the feeling of hopelessness um, with this Port Adelaide season uh, builds exponentially every week. And I think when you when we look at the, the this the result of this one um, and seeing our side go down in such um, such a limp fashion, it was a uh, it was without really any shots fired. It was it was there was some valiant attempts, um, you know, like the Alamo or something. I don't know, like it was like you know some valiant attempts at holding back the horde, but um, ultimately it was uh, an abandonment of what has made um, us so proud of our team at times in the past couple of years. An abandonment of all those ideals in in just trying to hold back this jug this juggernaut uh, of the Melbourne side and and ultimately it failed because uh, you, you, when you abandon your ideals and and what makes you who you are um, it it really it really you know it takes an in- incredible effort to to change change what you're doing and and come out with a positive result um, you know you can see it and other sports sometimes when a team, you know, in big matchups, but, you know, in a regular season, you know, minor round matchup against the reigning premiers, um, you know, it really, it really is going to be a wise idea to go against what you do well. Um, yeah. And yes, there are mitigating factors as to why we've had to change things, you know, with injuries and all those things that, um, and our backs are against the wall with form and stuff like that. But it, it was an unfortunate thing to witness on Thursday night. Let's say that, um, yeah, uh, it's taking me a you know, it's Thursday night, it's now Tuesday night that I'm recording this. I usually often do my reviews on a Tuesday, it's just when it works. Um, but, you know, being that the game was on Thursday, I do apologise that it's coming a lot later after the game. Um, but it's been it's been a hell of a week, um, which feels like just norm, normality lately. But yeah, these COVID times we're living in. Um, I think when I did my preview, anyone that listened to that, thank you. Uh, to the few of you out there, the, loyal, the loyalists, uh, appreciate you. Um, yeah, I mentioned in my preview at the time that I was unsure of my ability to get to the game because I'd found out um, family that I run a business with had become COVID positive. I didn't end up going to the game. Um, unfortunately, just um, with everything going on, I had to work a lot longer on Thursday. Um, I was meant to have Thursday off um, to be able to, you know, free time to do what I needed to do at home and then get down to the game. But then I ended up at work for most of the day. Um, and then just um, with the fact that um, if I go down with COVID at the moment as well, um, or at the time last week, it would mean shutting the doors of the business because we were running low on staff as it was and managers. And so, uh, yeah, it was a, a decision made, but partly because I was actually going to struggle to get down there anyway. And then um, obviously trying to um, yeah run a business as well in these times when everyone's going down with it. Um, it meant that I, I thought I may thought it was pertinent just to you know sit at home and and take it easy and make sure I could do my job, basically. Unfortunately, you know, I don't like to have to make the decisions when you're a season ticket holder and you, you want to get to every game, regardless of our form. I want to get to every game, but, um, yeah, these things happen. Um, so, um, yeah, I've been working, just working flat out. That's partly I'm just knackered at the moment, just working flat out while everyone's down with COVID and um, I'm just trying to keep... And, and it's just like... And it's not actually the work so much as the mental stress of it all. You know, one worrying about people if you know half most of my family's got it at the moment. Luckily, I live you know we live our, on our own, so we well I'm not having to worry about isolating. But everyone else, I'm doing done delivery runs for my brother up who lives ten minutes away. He's got COVID, 
Um, and my family, I'm doing delivery runs for them and dropping stuff on the table outside the house for them. And it's just a lot of work and, and mental stress. So, yeah, even getting to this review tonight, uh, preview, review, review. Yeah, see, I can't even get my words right. Um, it's been, t- I'm just knackered right now. So I apologize if I waffle a little bit. I'm going to try and keep it short because I just actually don't have the mental capacity to go for a long time with this one tonight just because I'm that, that tired. But uh, I do want to, it is, it is unfortunately um, a game that, um, is easy to review in one sense at this point because it's just um it kind of felt like the 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 death bells the the um the bells of our season um the death knell of the season just w- played out across those 3 hours uh with how the game went you could just see everything that was going wrong with us this year play out in that game um the you know lack of form uh lack of a coherent game plan as far as playing against the best sides in the competition um you know i guess i guess we can start with what i I mean i said what i was looking for was you know we we had some obviously the showdown loss was quite disappointing in the end but in within that game there were signs of what we could do well you know there was i said in my preview for the melbourne game that i want to see us continue with what you know the the spacing and the and the and the the way we we managed some forward fifty entries in the showdown, whereas actually far better than what we had shown the first two rounds of this year, as well as um, at times last year. And I was just like, well, that's all well and good in the showdown um, against a side like Adelaide, who while they beat us, um, they're, they're not one of the best sides in the competition like Melbourne are. Um, so I wanted to see that continue, but then clearly right from the off, we saw that Melbourne. I mean, Melbourne is just incredibly uh, one of the best structured sides in the competition i mean well the best at the moment i have to say um they so absolutely believe in each other and and know their roles uh to a t um they believe in each other and know and just uh, just at a subconscious and conscious level just to know what each other's going to do um there's a freedom to their play whilst also having a structure to it that um works incredibly well um you know, and that's what it's such a it's such a unique. It's it's so hard to find it when you when when you're looking for it as a side that isn't good, I guess. But once you find it, it's just like everyone falls into it. This this both free way of playing, whilst also having um, incredible belief in your structures and how and how you work with things. And and you know, the likes of Stephen May and um, you know Jake Lever was just coming back in, but he was you know it's just that their de- their defense is just always in the right place at the right times. Um, they kind of force you into some like the way they um, hunt hunt in the midfield and across half back, they kind of force you into um, some pretty, you know, just rush decisions. I guess you know you don't get the time on the ball. You you forward fifty entries. Um, but you know we this is the frustration. The side that we were last year, um, even playing against the better sides, and we did we did fall fall down more than more often than not against the better sides last year, but. We still at least managed far more of a um, a, co- a coherent battle against them at least, um, and just in this game it wasn't wasn't to be found. Now I guess uh, one of the factors that really hurt us was um, Ollie Wines going down early with that heart issue, and and we we feel for him. And you know it's not we're not going to blame the loss or anything like that on on Ollie or anything like that. It's just it is just an unfortunate factor and part of. Really, it sums up our season at the moment. It's just that, that something like that can happen after all the, the injuries we've had already, and then you have your Brownlow medalist go down with a um, a troublesome, you know, a, and it's genuinely worrying. It's not like you know when a player goes down with a knee or a hamstring or something like that. You do worry, 
and feel for them, but you're not worrying at a level of um, mortality. Whereas when a player goes off with a, a heart irregularity, um, you genuinely worry for their their future, even if they are in the good hands and being you know, stable and not it's not life threatening. It still is a worry because it is something that is a lot more um, mysterious, I guess, in that sense. Um, obviously, and it's a bit disappointing to see people have jumped onto it straight on, depending on their views on. You know, I'm not going to go into it too much, but the last two years of what what every the world has been dealing with it, their views on some of those things and how it might relate to Ollie Wine's condition, which you know the club is. Um, and Ollie have you know said it's nothing to do with that, um, and of course the people that still believe that stuff go well. Of course they're going to say that, so it's like you can't fucking win. Um, but anyway, it, it, that compounded the issue because then you know our best player of last year and the and the league's best player according to the uh, Brownlow vote, um, you know wasn't was off the field after the first quarter, so that kind of and the first quarter was the time that we did um, battle. Um, it was a valiant effort in pressure. Pressure and, um, but it was played on their terms. You could just see the whole first quarter. It was like we were throwing the kitchen sink and some at them in what we could do, um, as far as trying to hold back their tide. But just the way they, they handled the ball, you could just see they were just picking through and they weren't, they weren't rushing decisions. It was like, all right, this, this, it kind of felt like they knew that we only had so much um, to throw at them in the way we went out with the game plan. And our game plan was to try to mitigate what they did rather than play to our strengths, which, you know, I guess the the question is, what is our strengths this year? And maybe the club, we don't know at the moment, but um, it would have been at least a little bit more... I just don't know what way you want to lose, is, <laughs> is the question. How, which way do you want to lose this game? Do you want to lose the game by trying to play your footy and have them be beat you by six goals by a quarter time or do you want to go out there and and try to try to stop what they do and and um completely abandon what you what you believe your game plan is whatever that may be at the moment um do you want to just abandon uh, go with that or abandon that and try to do what we did which um you know kept us in the game in theory or um you know scoreboard wise for a, a quarter and a half but we were we really in that game? Because to me, I look at that game and go, we weren't. I I just was watching it. I was just like, this just feels like the floodgate. I just knew. I mean, people say you know maybe you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Like you can just say you knew, but I'm I just was watching that first quarter. I was just like, it's a good effort, but it just feels like we we don't actually have what we need. You know, we're holding him back, but we're not actually. What are we going to do beyond this? And I couldn't see, I couldn't see a way through. We clearly just didn't have a route to goal, um, like a, a, a structured way that we knew that we could score. It was like we're going to try and fucking, you know, we'll figure it out on the run. Hopefully, we'll, we'll grab a few here and there, a smash and grab kind of thing, which is kind of like a you know Crystal Palace going to Liverpool, you know, kind of kind of what, is that what we were trying to do? Because I couldn't, you know. I couldn't see a plan for us to score and take advantage of the fact that we were holding them back, and they knew it too. You could see that they were just they were just waiting for the damn wall to break, and it did. And it, and we we kind of just let off just that that one percent of pressure, like because we had to give it everything to hold them back. And once we dropped off slightly, and yeah, Ollie was out, and 
we dropped off just that slight bit. They slammed five goals on us um, in the last half of the second quarter, and suddenly we're six goals down um, and, have, and haven't even scored ourselves. What was it, 527 games or whatever it is in the AFL? And we'd never had a scoreless half. So, you know, more history in the making. Wonderful. Wonderful. It's just so disappointing to watch us abandon what we... And, yeah, we... Our game plan of the last two years uh, has got us to a couple of prelims. It hadn't, hasn't gotten us to the promised land. And, yeah, I've criticised at times that we still have fundamental flaws in a game plan that mean that we... Um, I mean, the slow start stuff, I think, was psychological. But then last year, there were times when our forward structures really let us down against elite opponents. But that, was, that was the only time it did. It was a, it was elite opponent. We could still put a score on against most teams and, and, and find a way to win, um, even if we did have lapses in... in in pressure at times and leading teams back into it, we could get it, we could get the score more or less. But now this year, that's completely, you know, what level of structure we had is completely gone. Um, that many players are out of form that we can't fight. That we just there's no route to go what whatsoever. And and uh, yeah, we and whatever game plan we had the last two years has just been com- was completely abandoned the other night. And that that to me was the biggest white flag I've seen. And and I'm just so disappointed to see it. Um, in a in a Port Adelaide, a Port Adelaide coach and and squad doing that is just completely abandoning what we do and in, in in trying to um, get a win that was, I guess, and this is the thing I won't I'll say that I'll put this caveat on it. Yes, hindsight is a wonderful thing. If we'd come out and won that game somehow with this game, it would have been a masterclass. Yes, but. Um, you know the proof is in the pudding that obviously we went out and tried something and it was just it just didn't work whatsoever, and uh, and that's that's just what's so disappointing to me. Watching that game the other night was just it. It felt like a procession. I did tweet out of the game like when you know the game finished, we kicked the last three goals of the game. Woo, four for the whole night and the last three when you know Melbourne and Well and truly put the queue in the rack. Um, you know they dropped back to second gear, and they could have kicked back up through the gears at ease, ease, as so fluidly if they wanted to, but they just didn't. They didn't need to. The game result was done. Um, I tweeted after the game. I was just like, "This is the weirdest thirty-two point loss ever." Because you know, if you just were looking at how Port started the season, now Melbourne had started, um, and you looked at the end and said, "Oh, we lost for thirty-two points." Okay, so we must have had an effort. Just they were a little bit too much better than us. But no, they were far and away better than us. They could have won by 10 goal easy if they wanted to. And that's probably the biggest insult of it as well. Is Melbourne took it easy on us in certain, in certain respects. They had one run of goals. And maybe Melbourne fans would go, oh, you know, it, it, it's disappointing we didn't put them, put them away more. And maybe that's a sign that we are a bit, we, we're tougher. We've There's a tough aspect of playing against us that means it's not as easy to score. I don't know, but I just feel like they, I feel like they put the cue away. Um, at halftime, almost they didn't. They knew that they had us beat, and they just had to keep it as arm, as us at arm's length, and and they did that well. Um, so yeah, one of the weirdest thirty-two point losses ever because it feels like a ten-plus goal loss. Um, and and that's just based on the balance of watching it. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's really my thoughts on it. Is we abandon what we do um to try to be the little team trying to get a result, you know, try to park the bus, as they say in, you know, soccer terms. We tried to do something to mitigate their threats and hope to steal one, but you just, you can't really do that. Um, yeah, especially when you're missing so many and 
it, I just would have rathered us back in, um, back ourselves in a little bit, and you know what, what was there to lose. Um, I mean, maybe that was the point. Was what was there to lose in trying something different against this team and seeing if we can get? But it was just I don't I don't think that was ever. I don't think we we're ever going to beat Melbourne by trying to stop Melbourne doing what they do. You've got to you've got to back yourself in. That's what was wonderful about footy is you're always trying to. Uh, beat each other with your game style, and and when you abandon that, it's um you're you're on a you're on a hiding to nothing really because you're either going to get a miracle result or you're going to have a dickhead like me on the on on a podcast afterwards saying what were we doing that was never going to work. So um, while I do understand that there is there's people paid more to do to understand football coaching, and that's why they're in the job and I'm not. Just from the outside looking in, it's just it it, it was a disappointing abandonment of our of our. Uh, ideals and our, and our pride as a club to to do what we did the other night and um it didn't work and that's 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 the that's really what it is so anyway we'll take a quick break here and have just have a quick look at the stats which kind of tell an interesting story as well all righty so the stats um you know it's always interesting reading footy stats um just team stats across the whole because, um, you know, you can read it, you can, you know, numbers and depending on how a result goes, you can kind of tell your story depending uh, however you want. But um, it is really interesting reading the stats from the other night because um, it shows us, um, so the disposal stats and then um, marks and a few other things will be the ones we really focus on here to kind of show the, um, just the complete uh, insipidness of our game plan really because, Disposals for the match, we had 408 to their 354, which was um, 21 disposals left, um, uh, 21 disposals less than their 2022 average, um, and and uh, almost 30 disposals more than our 2022 average. We're averaging 381 for the year so far, but 408 in this game. And um, you know, kicks, we had uh, 63 more kicks than Melbourne for the game. Uh, handballs, we were uh, nine less than them, which is kind of funny because we often sometimes talk about our overhandballing at times. But, uh, yeah, it was um, we really kicked weak. But um, uh, you look at that and you look at these stats and if you're an alien coming down from space and you'd never seen footy before and you hadn't even seen the game, you looked at this, you go, well, you probably are. Well, then you get to the inside 50s and we had seven less. Um, but uh, when we win the inside 50s we lose anyway so it really doesn't matter in that front but um you would have thought with um uh, 54 more disposal and especially 63 more kicks um for the game you would be like well it should have been a pretty pretty good domination and then you look at the inside 50s and see we were seven less i was like well, where were those kicks going and this is where the story is is that we were just we we were so so afraid we 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 and look there is you know you got switches and you do have to and I'm not one that boos and gets carried away when we when we um you know when teams kick sideways sometimes or kick back because I understand happens in sports um you know every sport you watch that's kind of a team game that is works around free ball movement there is switching and kicking backwards or moving a ball backwards you know kick outs in NBA or kicking the you know going back to the keeper in soccer and re reloading these things happen but when you have a disposal discrepancy like that and you're you've had less inside 50s and you've lost um in quite incredible fashion it shows that there was something um you know we were just so we could get our hands on the ball plenty but we just didn't ha- we didn't have any um plan of what to do with it um and we were so afraid of attacking attacking the game that we uh we just over, we just you know plenty of kicks but to nothing there was no 
no actual, you know, the meters gained or whatever would have just been uh, disappointingly bad because of just we would we would not we were not um, ballsy enough to go after it, and that's like again what I was talking about earlier is we abandon um, some of the and this has probably been my issue with Port at times over the last couple of years, and especially this year it's really come to fruition is that we we have a game plan we did uh, apparently um but i've often said that sometimes when things are going a little bit awry players are suddenly suddenly seeing ghosts and 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 looking panicked and just uh, there's a certain freedom within um some of our more skilled players that we just don't seem to um allow uh it seems like the flair and some of those things are just not there and and the players that have that to come in with that it seems to be like coached out of them at times and this might be just me noticing this is, and maybe I'm over analyzing because I'm looking for things and that is a very real thing when people like us um, whether it be podcasters or journalists or whatever uh, look at our look at our own teams from a very biased point of view sometimes we over analyze to the point that we're finding things that aren't there so I, I do freely admit that I just I often think and maybe it's because I don't when when I watch other teams and they play at their best I go oh god look they look so free and then I look at our team because I read into it so much I think that they look like a little bit timid and, and second guessing themselves, and so maybe I'm reading into it and nothing. But that's just my opinion and what I the, what I think I see is that sometimes they sec- they just second guess too much, and uh, overuse the ball in in the sense that they and end up and end up screwing it up and then have games where we have sixty more kicks and we don't actually do anything with it. Our disposal efficiency was um pretty good, seventy uh, percent. That was just slightly better than theirs. Um, efficiency inside fifty was thirty five percent though, just horrible. Um, hit outs again we lost um, but you know Max going against Scott Lysett um, wasn't going to happen center clearances we won slightly but overall clearances we were down which was going to happen I guess but um, the contested possessions is the real um, disappointing thing 123 uh, for us 147 for them they were right on right under their average they were averaging 148 for the year so far they had 147 for the match we're averaging 136 and 123 so that's just where it was won and lost. Uncontested possession, we got 280, 280 of ours to 206 of theirs. So it just shows that we had so much of the ball, but just so little good use of it. We had the ball, uncontested possessions back and forth across the half-back line, trying to find our way forward, but just really not actually having a goal at a scything pass or anything like that. Um just trying to play it safe. And again, like I said, abandoned our ideals and we're trying to find a way to mitigate what Melbourne do rather than try to do what we do best. And that's just, again, the disappointing factor of it. Um, Turnover's pretty even, uh, not much there. Marks, again, the marks, it is amazing. 135 marks we had for this game versus their 76. Um, So they were 20 under their average. We were fucking 40 above ours. 44 marks, more than our 2022 average. Unbelievable. At 135 marks in this match, we've only we've had 366 for the year. Um, but again, they were just useless marks across the half back. We're just not doing much with them. Marks inside 50. Yeah, this is the this is the key thing. We had 135 marks for the game. Three of them were inside 50 for the entire match. We only had three marks inside 50. Now that is, in any match, I'd just be fucking livid that we only had three inside 50. Our average for the year is seven, which is just, again, not good enough. Whereas Melbourne's average is 12. They had 11 inside 50, so they're right around their average. And they've had 51 for the year versus our 28. You can just see the issues there. Again, forward structure, everything not working right. 
It's not like we don't have a couple of targets in there. I mean, you know, Georgiades and Marshall are still there, even if Dixon isn't. Um, and, you know, we've got the other tools running around, Mays and Mays, they're, they're down there at the moment as well. We've got good marking targets in the 50. We just don't have a fucking plan to get it in there um, in a way that um, maximizes the opportunities. But to have 135 marks in a match, which is just unreal. I don't. I, I should have actually looked up before I started recording what the you know what what where that marks in history because it just seems like a fucking shitload. Um, but to have 135 marks in a match, but um, only three of them be inside 50, just is just unreal, and again, just shows um how you know. And this is the other thing. This is the other. There's the other marking. So. 135 marks for the match versus their 76. Marks inside 50, they had 11 of those were in, in inside 50. So they've got like, you know, almost uh, percentage-wise, I'm just, I can't do quick math that well, but, you know, 15%, whatever, inside 50 versus ours being like, oh, for fuck's sake, they'll be like 1%, uh, 1% maybe? I don't know, it's just terrible, like uh, just terrible percentages of them inside 50. And then, yeah, I, I've already fucked that up completely. Don't worry about the math and percentages. It's just you can read from that that it is terrible. And then again, contested marks. We only have six for the match. We have 135 marks in a match, and only six of them are contested, whereas they had they took 16 contested marks in the match, which is four more than their average. Ours was two less than our average for the year, but the fact that our marks for the entire match was 44 more than our average for the year, and we could only take six of them contested and only three of them, that means... That means we have 135 marks for the match, and then the marks inside 15 contested marks only that adds up to nine. So that means we have 126 marks for the match that is just uncontested and not inside 50. We're just fucking around with the ball and doing nothing with it. And that is the worry when you look at Melbourne going 76 marks for the match, 11 of them inside 50 and 16 contested. It means they're actually doing something with the football. So it just shows that what we tried to do the other night was just not going to, it just didn't work. And yes, again, hindsight's a wonderful thing. If it had worked and it had been, we'd won by like 10 points or something like that, we'd be coaching masterclass. Um, and we'd all be going nuts. And yeah, and fair enough too. But it just didn't work. And, and you can see from the way the match was going, it was never going to work. Even if Ollie Wan stays in that game, it wasn't going to work. We were just holding them back in that first quarter. And that's all we did. And once the floodgates opened, they opened. And they knew it too, even when Ollie Wan was in the field. And yeah, he probably was um, actually probably... Um, hampered right from the start. I, I can only assume he was wasn't feeling good probably re- really early into the game. So whether Ollie Wines makes a tangible difference, I just don't think so in this game. The way we're going, um, you know, it's a team game, and the entire entire thing was not going well. So I just don't think he makes a tangible difference either. Unfortunately, um, obviously scoring. Don't need to look at that. Terrible um, time in front. Big fucking donuts. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it's a rough one. It's um, it doesn't make for good reading, and we haven't had I haven't had a statistical reading of this year yet. That has been fun, so that's fucking awesome. Anyway, one more quick break, and then um, I'll finish off this review, and we will I'll just put it, put myself out of my misery for the night. <laughs> All right, so where do we go from here? Is really the question. We're in a rough spot. Um, four and zero. Four and zero. Fucking wish. Zero um, and four. The historical precedent is not good for teams to start zero and four. You know, we um, the only team I think um, that started zero and four and made finals in the last fucking twenty odd years or whatever, or 
or maybe even it's only a couple of times it's happened ever. Um, but you know, Sydney obviously is a 2017 is the comparison that's been thrown around recently because they started on six, um, but then managed to go on and uh, and um, make finals with only after the seventh round seven, only losing two of the last um, you know two of the last eight. Uh, 14 games, 16, 18 games, sorry, no, 22, 16 games, fuck me, Jesus Christ, um, my brain is broken, um, but yeah, they, they went on it, they had an incredible run, you know, they, they, um, 7, 8, 9, round 7, 8, 9, I've just got it in front of me right now, they won, then they lose to Hawthorne, um, in a close one, and round 10, then they go on a, um, a seven game unbeaten run, uh, before again losing to Hawthorne, <laughs> there's the Hawthorne. There was just two after round six, and um, they only lose two games for the rest of the year, and they're both against Hawthorne, um, both by six points as well. Uh, but the rest of the, you know, they beat some big sides across the way, and um, and you know they were coming off a year that they were running, um, running, um, runners, runners up. I was about to say running premiers, running runners up. Um, but yeah, the the fact is they didn't finish. They I think in the on the ladder they finished uh, sixth. There we go. They finished. Um, Equal six to us, just um, percentage behind us. Um, so with a team that had that ability to rattle off that kind of run, it shows that they should have probably finished in the top four, um, but they didn't. You know, they could have finished in the top four and, and rattled the fi- rattled up the finals a little bit. Um, would have been good. I mean, I mean, in the end, that finals ended the way we wanted, which was um, Adelaide, who looked like they could win the premiership that year pretty easily, um, losing. But um, you know, they start on six. If they just gone three and three, even um, they would have finished in the in the top four. Um, and well, they're only one win because it was actually really congested table. I'm looking at the ladder, um, three teams had fifteen wins um, for the year, and that was Adelaide, obviously top, Geelong, then Richmond. Um, Adelaide and Geelong were tied with two points more than Richmond at the top because of um, draws in their respective se- in respective seasons. Um, Richmond just had, you know, obviously were 15-7 rather than 15-6-1. Um, but then it was great, GWS, um, ourselves, and Sydney um, all on 14 wins. Um, GWS just finished in fourth because they had two draws in their season. Um, wow. Uh, so, yeah, it was a pretty even season there. And it just shows that the Sydney start of that year is really what fucked them because if they'd just gone 3-3, three and three, if they could play that level of footy, that gets them a run of, um, you know, 16 games with only two losses. And it means that they should have... Been able to at least go three and three in those games. One of those games they dropped was to us. Uh, thank you very much. Um, in that opening round of the season, um, up, at the, up at the SCG, um, Sam Pepper's debut game. Um, he had a good game that one. Um, I remember being very impressed and buying stock early. Um, but it just shows, and it just shows that you know the historical precedent isn't good. So us starting on four, and the thing is though, that like they weren't playing. They didn't look nearly as lost as we do. You know. They hadn't lost a prelim final at home by, you know, 12 goals in embarrassing fashion the season before and then hadn't gone on the next year and then lost, um, you know, the losses that, that we haven't had, they've had, haven't had a loss like we had to Hawthorne or a, um, you know, just, it's just a embarrassing. So, so, you know, you can try to, you know, people have been, and, you know, Ken Hinckley's done that after the game this week, said, you know, we, yeah, there's, you know, why not us? And I, I love that, you know. That's all you can do, really, at this point. If he's not going to, you know, walk away, if he still thinks he can do the job and the club isn't going to get rid of him, then well, just you, even though I've said that many a few times this year, 
I just don't think he's the man anymore. I just think, you know, this like the long in the tooth thing with the AFL. You can only be a, a coach at one club for so long without success before it just becomes untenable for me. And I think he's just at that point. But I'm not going to, not going to go marching with fucking pitchforks and stuff. I'm just going to accept it and and begrudgingly. Um, and and because I'll always support the team, so that's just my my view on it. I think you can be critical and and supportive at the same time, which is just um, where I'm at. So um, no, I love him saying why not us. Great, but um, we've got to know all he wants for the next couple of weeks, probably just as as we make sure that his his condition, whatever that may be, with the heart is going to be. Uh, I guess manageable at the very least, but um, or just okay would it would be the preferable um, preferable thing. Um, but uh, we um beyond that uh, you know there's other injury concerns and then there's just major form concerns right around the board. Um, you know your Rosies, your Butters, and those guys that we expecting to take the leap. And I said that in my pre my preseason preview. It's all these guys that we need to take the leap just aren't. Um. There's guys that are playing some good footy. I think um, Sam Pepper is, um, you know, I think he was one of the ones that this year were really asking for something out of. And to me, he's he's playing his role. It's just not not many others are. Um, and so the the big question this week that a lot of people are asking is what would you know? We've already got to start looking at the end, end of year plan because when you're zero and four, your season's on the brink already. And that's just, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be sitting there trying to think about the end of season decisions, but we do need to start looking at those things now. Um, if we don't if we don't want to make this fall that we're in the midst of right now um, be too much because you, it, hard decisions do need to be made when these kind of things are going on. Um, you know, whether, you know, the people are saying, do you go back, do you try to attack the draft pretty hard or... Um, you know, do you go after some free agents or trades? And you know, some people have got different differing beliefs on that because of whether it be perceived failures. And and yeah, we haven't hit on every one, but at other times, you know, Paddy Ryder was a great trade. Um, I think Tom Rockliffe um, buggered by injuries a little bit, but his 2020 was fantastic and uh, was very close to helping us get to a premiership side. Um, you know, we've made some pretty good moves in the past, and some not so good, and. But I appreciate I appreciate that we've had the had the uh, cojones to go after some pretty big names and and I hope and I think if they're out there you're always got to have a look at them and uh, and we are in a we do have a good young side I think there's a, we've got a lot of good young players and you can see what the likes Melbourne have done in the past where they've you know Melbourne went out and got players you know they've got a Good young, like young nucleus that they they picked up through the draft, and then they but they supplemented that with um, um the likes of Ed Langdon and and guys like Jake Lever and stuff. They've, they've made some big moves as well, so you can do it both ways. And so, I think that we do have to just look at start having some list list management things discussions this year a little bit earlier, maybe if the. Depend, you know, we'll see what we can get out of it. We we need to start looking pretty soon at. If we do, look, we'll do, I'll do a preview for Carlton later this week and, and talk about that. But um, And they're certainly not unbeatable or anything like that. Um, but we do need to start looking at the fact that if we do go on five or even if we win this week and win and we're still we're two and four, but then we drop, you know, it's it's so precarious right now and um, the historical precedent isn't great. Um, so we do need to start. Just Unfortunately, I just think you do have to sit there and look at this side and go, 
unless we have this Sydney run back to back to almost finishing the top four, um, and even then, and look, miracle runs can happen. They can, but the reason they're called miracle runs is they don't happen that often. Um, so I think it's it is it is not a bad thing to be already having those discussions as fans. You know, the club. I'm sure the club is anyway, and the clubs, the list management like Cripper and all those guys are going to be looking at what the free agent class and and or or players that are uh, maybe trade targets that they'll be look at. They do look at these things well in advance. You know, we we saw the Zach Merritt talks early last year before he signed that deal, and um, wouldn't that have been nice? But anyway. Um, so you know, I'm talking about all these things like then, like I'm going to be breaking the news to them. No, they, they know these things, but that's what I think. Us as fans, can we need to probably just realistically go look? This might be the way the way forward. Is that we do need to um, accept that might, there might be some harsh decisions needed to be made, um, and it sucks to think that um, you know guys like Robbie are in there probably in their last year and, you know, Boke, I hope, has at least another year in him after this year, provided there's no injury because he's still playing incredible footy. His stats are, he's still, you know, if we were winning games, he'd be getting a few Brownlow votes for sure again. So, um, but um, otherwise, there is probably going to be some players that are on in the wrong side of the uh, age demographic that might... Uh, you know, might be on the way out, but then we've got a good youngster, and that's but then and we really blood some youngsters, and who knows? But um, I think that's kind of when we when we sit here at zero and four, those are the, the the kind of things we need to open our minds up to is that there is going to be um some of those things uh, happening, and uh and harsh discussions and decisions being made may perhaps a touch sooner than we we'd hoped for um we probably hoped for a run this year with some of these guys and maybe next year would be the year where that maybe that would happen but you know when you start owing four some of those things get accelerated so that's where we're at anyway um i don't want to go if i keep waffling i'll just keep making even less and less and less sense so uh that's it for the review this week it's um another tough one no music no happy music or anything like that um we're owing four fucking sucks but uh we'll keep we'll keep um supporting these boys and supporting this club and um because that's what we are we've been here for 152 years and we're going to keep keep sticking to it and you know without the good without the low times the good times um can't happen you you're not always going to be at the top but you've just got always got to stick to the stick to the creed and stick to um what makes us port adelaide and what makes us great and that's um you know being exceptional and, and we need to take that kind of attitude into into whatever rebuild this is going to be now because we do need to at least have a mini rebuild and and um and go into it with the ferocity that we do would on the field um off the field and make um, make the bold decisions that other clubs wouldn't um and see where we can see where we can end up after you know you know we've got there's a lot of hope for the future still in some of the, in the in the young young talent we have we just got to do the right things and and get get forward. Anyway, I'm starting to waffle again. What the fuck, man? Just just stop. It's it's ten thirty at night, man. Just go to, just go to sleep. Actually, I'm just gonna have a have a quiet bevy and watch some sports center now. I think. Um. So anyway, count the pair. We'll get through this. Stick fat. Count the pair.